Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now into MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. My Robert Lombard's back, and I'm right away, go. We invaded airwaves. Why them haters mad? Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live on the airways right now, and we got a live show to get to. We do have a guest coming up around the 8.45 mark of the show. I won't reveal who it is yet, but we will reveal that after the commercial break because there's so many things that we got to dive into. We got to dive into this Nicki Minaj versus Cardi B thing. It's, it's popping off again. We got to talk about Kanye again. I know, I know. I'm getting like Kanye-itis off of this right now, but we still got to talk about what he said recently and how, you know, it's sparking up a, a lot a lot of conversation to say the least and a few other things to get to as well but <clears throat> you guys already know how i do at the beginning of the show man i got some uh grievances to get off my chest so on that note i think it's time to let that ish breathe let this bitch breathe yes yes indeed so you guys already know when it comes to me I'm a basketball head, basketball fan all day, Baller's Life, you already know. By the way, shout out to my Facebook homeboys on the Baller's Life group. You already know what it is, squad, squad. But um, with that said, you know, I'm really liking how the season as a whole in the NBA is progressing so far. I really love it. Raptors are 8-1. and one. I told you guys we were going to do just fine. Philly, not so much. Tried to ruin you, but whatever. We'll leave that to the side. Um, but one thing that happened this week that I really want to get into is that epic 50-point performance from Derrick Rose. Okay, Now, these are the types of sports stories that sports stories should be made of. All right, For anyone who knows Derrick Rose, you already know what happened with this guy back in 2012. This guy tore his ACL, and from then on, he hasn't been the same. He hasn't had the same explosiveness, hasn't had the same scoring punch, and then he's endured a lot of things throughout his personal life as well on top of what's happened in his basketball career and kind of turned into a journeyman. And it wasn't so long ago that he became the youngest MVP in league history at age 22, which seems mind-boggling to think about. That only happened in his third year in the league where he was just killing it. And fast forward now, he's 30 years old, and he's, you know, he is very uh, accepting of his new role as a, as a veteran, as someone who can come off the bench. He even said he has aspirations of becoming the sixth man of the year, which I think is really big on his part to you know, kind of concede to that, unlike other people, cough, cough, mellow, just saying. But nonetheless, I think that's really big of him. And if you saw the way this guy poured out his emotions at the end of the game, tears streaming down his face, his teammates kind of huddling and giving him that support in that interview that he did at the at the end of the game where he was still kind of in tears and basically just screaming out saying, I worked my ass off, bro. I mean, come on. That's, all, that's up there with Kevin Durant's MVP speech, talking to his mom about, shouts to you, mom, you're the real MVP. Like, that is up there. And I think that's going to be one of the greatest moments in NBA history when we, when we look back on it. And not just NBA history, but sports history as well. With that said, however, <sighs> there are some people out there, especially in this day and age and this generation, where they want to have selective outrage, meaning they want to feel outrage when they feel like it's necessary to feel outrage 
as well because of the fact that they know they're going to get some hits and clicks off of it too. And my problem with that type of mentality is that you're not doing it sincerely. You're doing it to catch a buzz. You're doing it to create some sort of conversation that you feel like is going to give you your 15 minutes of notoriety. And really, we know you wouldn't do this on a regular basis for the average Joe. You're only going to do it for a particular person who's hot at the moment. So my thing is keep the same energy. So what I'm talking about is this. Recently, for the last couple of days since that moment where he dropped 50 and had that big, you know, emotional, you know, uh, moment was the fact that there are some people who are saying that we shouldn't celebrate this guy because he was accused of sexual assault. Now, here's the thing what you got to learn about when it comes to language, okay? People are out there saying that we shouldn't celebrate him because he was accused of sexual assault. Keyword, accused. Accused doesn't mean that you did it. Now, if there are facts supporting your claim, then that's another story. And on top of that, this man did go to trial for that. And based on the evidence that was presented and based on the consistent testimony that was presented in court, it was proven that he was not even at the scene of the crime when that took place or even if that took place because the the other person's testimony was very inconsistent with what was accused in the first place so when you have somebody when you have a, a multitude of people who are advocating for a derrick rose and their testimony is very consistent and it falls in line with a consistent truth pattern then based on all of that mixed with the inconsistencies of the plaintiff i guess you would say in this scenario wouldn't you think that there is at least a possibility that he didn't do the crime? I mean, this is no different from when Alan Iverson back in the early 90s when he was a product of Georgetown was accused of starting a fight in a bowling alley when we clearly saw in the video footage that he was meters away from that incident. He was looking back and then walked away while the melee ensued. But because he was a top basketball prospect at the time, all fingers are pointed to him, and he actually had to suffer jail time because of that. And then that also reminds me of the time when Kevin Garnett was in Illinois, and he was a, a recruit. He was getting ready for the NBA because he's being drafted straight out of high school or was predicted to be drafted out of high school. Again, a physical incident took place, and he was at the scene of the crime, you know, wrong place, wrong time. It had nothing to do with it. But because we're looking at a six foot eleven, dark-skinned black man who just so happens to be the top prospect in the state and possibly in the country – all lies are going to be on him. So this is a victim. This is a matter of circumstance at this point. We're pointing fingers at a guy who didn't even commit a crime, but because he was accused of it, now we got to, now there are people out here saying, why should we celebrate this guy? He, he was accused of this crime. Yeah, accused doesn't mean that you actually did it. That's why we have trials. That's why we have proceedings to investigate, to see if it's actually true or not as far as whether he did the crime. I mean, this reminds me of Kobe Bryant not too long ago when he accepted the Oscar for some animated short film that he created. But then out of nowhere, people were screaming out, oh, he's, he's the rapist from, from, from Colorado. Remember that case? Yeah, first of all, it was proven that he didn't rape that woman. It was actually adultery. That's one thing. And secondly, based on inconsistent testimony, again, similar issue, he was acquitted of all charges. So my thing is this. Before he had 50-point game, Nobody said anything about Rose. Before that game, no one said anything. The day before, no one said anything about Rose. Two days before that, no one said anything. A week before, no one said anything. A month before, years before, you guys know where I'm going with this. So why is it now that he's the topic of conversation that now you want to bring that up? 
You should be bringing that up regardless if he's the hottest scoop of the week or Mr. Irrelevant. If you really want to advocate for those types of things, which there are actual genuine people who genuinely do, then you should, again, keep that same energy. Be consistent. Otherwise, you're out here looking like Azealia Banks. But hey, that's none of my business. Either way, what do you guys think? Do you think we should celebrate Rose for the achievements that he's accomplished the achievement that he accomplished that night? Do you think that we should harp on, you know, a, a court proceeding that took place years ago in which he was acquitted of all charges based on consistent testimony from his end and what have you? Either way, let me know. Hit me up on all social media platforms at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. After the break, we have our guests coming through, and we will announce that very shortly once we get back onto the air. But before we do that, we got to get into some music, man. Now, I know it's not summertime, but damn it, I love this song. Uh, this is Childish Gambino, Feels Like Summer, and it's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. And you listen to the cool sounds of Childish Gambino. Feels like summertime. Yeah. Even though it's November, but who gives a damn? Whatever. It's summertime in our own minds. Anyways, I have a guest, as promised, in studio right now. This man is a renaissance man of his own as well. He is a singer. He is a producer. He runs his own studio and his own record label as well. He is a Swiss Army knife in one. And it just proves to show that artists of this generation are on that DIY tip. Do it yourself. Do everything yourself. And he's one of those artists. Artists that are very savvy about the business of it as well. And it's becoming a trend with a lot of emerging artists, especially within Toronto as well. And I think it's important to celebrate that. So with that being said, I got my special guest in studio who goes by the name of KVNE. My friend, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. You're a busy individual, so I appreciate you taking the time to, you know, make yourself acquainted in here. Hey, man, I'm happy to be here. That's what's up, man. Let's get into it. So um, when did you first fall in love with music? Jeez, I was uh, probably 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I started playing with the guitar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly just like, you know, like James Taylor, Neil yeah. Young, um, you know, like Fleetwood Mac, mm. just like that kind of stuff, just yeah. kind of getting to know it. But yeah, I just never put it down. Right, you know, right. I just kept growing and growing <laughs> and went from playing in bands. Mm-hmm. You know, it led me to, you know, like audio engineering yeah. um, and opening up my own studio and doing mm-hmm. production. And right. it got me here. Right, and and that's another thing about you that I found very interesting is you didn't really you didn't really just stick to like one genre. Like you've done like multiple genres. So you've done R and B, you've done pop, you've done rock, and what have you. So like, what makes you so gravitate towards multiple genres rather than just staying with one? I think it's influence. Okay, you know, because like even you know, uh, like on, on my Spotify songs, mm-hmm. it's always like there'll be like. A, a death metal track, and yeah. then the next song will be Childish Gambino. Yeah, yeah. And then you know the next track might be a Fleetwood Mac song. Right, you know? right. It's right. just like break I'm, that I'm, chain. Yeah, <laughs> man. You know, so um, I'm in, I'm in love with Stevie Nicks. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I think it's cool when like you have one artist or particular genre, but listens to other other things as well. Like me, for example, I love listening to Nas, but then one day I just feel like listening to Hall Notes. You know, yeah, sometimes man. I just might feel like listening to Bobby Caldwell. Like I just yes. want. Like I get like a little bit of like a taste here and there, right? So like I feel like it's really it's really encouraging to see other artists from different genres like kind of like do like a taste test with their palate, so to speak, when it when it comes to like their musical choice, because you never know what you may hear in a genre outside of the genre that you perform in. Like you could use that sample to like yeah. you know to put into your record as well. It's also good for growth, I find. Like yes. honestly, like pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, because mm-hmm. I mean, like even. 
Like every track I plan on putting out, I want it to be different. You mm-hmm. know, like the first song I put out, "Make Me Better," that was more of an R and B track. Yeah, Cotton Candy was more of a pop song. Right. Um, but like the next release is a lot more like it's more trap. Right. Right. You know, so I want to be able to like I don't want to ever label myself except if I'm taking the label of the guy who does everything. You right. Know what right. I mean? So absolutely, I think it's really important for growth. You know, to push yourself, never to get too comfortable. Yeah. You know, for sure. And what is it about hip hop and R and B that that you like the most? Actually, like, what what keeps you gravitating towards it? Honestly, it's uh, it's vocally. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's all vocally for me i yeah. mean um like sometimes i'll listen to music it's just it's just acapella you mm-hmm. know what i mean um or like even when i'm mixing or mastering i'll just run acapella yeah you know and just feel the song out that way you know because it's you know like r&b is it's so there's so much soul in it yes you know both vocally but as well as instrumentally yeah but if you can get them to complement each other as opposed to just one complimenting the other, yeah, you know, get them both really meshing together. Yeah. Use the beat, play off the beat, mm-hmm. you know, let the silence breathe, you know, let the beat breathe and everything mm-hmm. like that. And I mean, like, I feel like hip hop has just grown so much. It really has, you yeah. know. So it's it's really easy for me to go from being like, yeah, like, man, ten years ago I was playing in metal bands, yeah, you know, touring in a in a van with you know dudes with just super long hair covered in tattoos, and we we're mm-hmm. just playing metal every night. And right. now I'm like. I'm like I'm I'm in this industry, you know what I mean? But right. I only got here because of artists, you know, like even people like Wayne. Yeah. You know, like they were the ones who started being like, yo, I'm not having a label. Right. Put me on a pop record, it'll go platinum. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. when he was always labeled as like a street guy, you know? Yeah. So I think it's really important. Right. And like when it comes to influences, like especially within hip hop as well, like do you feel like it's that much more important to pay homage to those artists that like that influence you as well? I think so, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like they were the trendsetters. You right. know what I mean? So it's like it's it, it's kind of important to try to find a balance between what's new and like mm-hmm. what what made you get here. You know yeah. what I mean? What brought you to this? Because mm-hmm. like Wayne was one of the biggest inspirations for me, Biggie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I've got all Biggie stuff on vinyl. Okay, you know that's what's I mean? up. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. like that's how invested I am in that. You know, so, right? But I think it's really just about like you know where does your heart bring you? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what it is with music. It's always gonna be the emotional connection. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's really important to explore different sounds and different genres and new artists and old artists. You yeah, know what I mean to find your own. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. Now, because you're so well rounded in like different genres and have and what have you, you've kind of formed like a bit of a unique sound for yourself. So, like you know, what is it about that aspect that has you kind of separating yourself from your other contemporaries? Um, I kind of go through phases where I won't listen to anybody else. Okay. Other than my own music. Right. So, um, that's something I took from Wayne. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He doesn't, a lot of time he doesn't listen to anything going on outside of the world. Yeah. You know, so that's the best way I think for like, it works the best for me to really refine my craft. Cause Mm -hmm. I'm also the last person to touch my mixes. Yeah. (laughs) So you're very meticulous. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, sometimes I'll be like, no, like we have to re-record this one line. You know what I mean? Like, um, but no, I think it, it, it helped me kind of find my own path. Yeah. And also doing everything. You know, like I'll still do covers to this day. You know what I mean? If I hear like uh, Roy Woods' last album. Yeah. You know, there was a couple songs off that that I was like, I need to try to sing like that. You yeah. know, because in trying to sound like him, mm-hmm. you find a new sound for yourself. Right. You know, provided you're not just like, no, it has to sound just like right, Roy right. Woods. You know, what you I just mean? want to take like a bit of an element from exactly. it and kind of infuse it. Getting, getting an understanding of how his voice, you know what I mean, runs through a beat. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that's really important. Absolutely, man. Now, um, you are a father. 
Okay, so like I imagine, you know, it's hard enough being a parent, period. <laughs> but being a parent and being a part of the music industry is its own like microcosm in itself. So, how have you, how have you been able to find the balance between fatherhood and musicianship? It's kind of like an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. I take it day by day. I'm a single yeah. dad, right? So, um, it's a lot. He's three, yeah. And I mean, like, he's a lot of work. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, like I've got it under control. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> It's every day is different, you know. Right. Some days it's like no, it's it's everything's easy peasy, and other days it's like from the time we get his shoes on and mm-hmm. get him ready for daycare until you know, like the end of the day, yeah, bedtime. It's a nightmare, you know. Yeah. I mean? But that's parenting. You've got to take the ups and downs, and you know, like that's also the music industry. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could drop a song and it could be a hit and it could be yeah. viral, but the second song might not take. Right. You got to be able to ride the wave. You know what I mean? It's yeah. gonna go up and it's gonna go down, but like. When it's up, enjoy it and exactly. live in the moment. But when it's down, don't think like, oh, I'm never going to get out of this. You right. Know what I mean? Exactly. Everyone has like a chance of redemption at that yeah, point. Yeah. But much. I think that's kind of like the same way to approach parenting. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, my son's my biggest inspiration. Right. He's the most important person in the world. Most important thing in the world to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like at the end of the day, like everything I'm doing is for him. Yeah. You know, like if, even if you look on Spotify right now, Cotton Candy, he's got a songwriting credit on. Oh, sick. I love <laughs> yeah, that. So, I love that. Um, but no, it's, it's every day is different. I'm blessed. I have a great team, yeah. you know, that all helps and they're all like family to him. You know mm. what I mean? So it's, I'm pretty blessed. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Um, is music something that you would encourage your son to get into in the future as well? Um, I mean, if it's something he's, he's showing like he wants to do, mm. I mean, right now he just wants to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. For but, sure. Um, like as he gets older. Yeah. I mean, if that's something he seems to grow a little bit more interested into and, you know, like I would never push anything on him is, is yeah. really my main thing. Right. But with that being said, no, like I, I would love it if he was down to, to Of course, do of course. You know I mean? Yeah, like, like father, like son, yeah, right? Yeah, get him in the studio. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then like what have you encountered as far as like misconceptions of being like a recording artist as well? Like, Is, is there anything that you've come across that people may have said about, you know, musicians or this and the, that and then you're just like, whoa. Well, no, that's not like that at all. Like, have you ever come across that? Yeah, I mean, like, I think it kind of happened with, um, with Cotton Candy. Uh-huh. Like, uh, we were actually just at Sirius, and uh, we did an interview there, and the girl was like, oh, "Like, I never would have thought like that was you singing like that after yeah. hearing like your last song and yeah. stuff like that, because it's a really different vibe." Yeah, yeah, it's a sexy song. I'm not gonna lie. You like that? <laughs> a lot of innuendos in there. I was like, "Oh shit, okay, this yeah. will get myself into." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happening tonight. All right, it's a party. All right. Yeah. <laughs> No, and, like, that's what I wanted to create with that song was I wanted to create a mood. Yeah. You know, that, like, it just kind of sets the, t- the tone for the room. Yeah. Makes people want to move. Gets people smiling. Yeah. You know, if you put that in that song on in a room full of people, people start to smile. It's, yeah. like, contagious. Of course. You know, and, like, that's why I do this. You know, yeah. I want to make the world a better place for my son. Right. You know, my strongest strength in the world is, like, the strongest thing I have as a person is music. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm trying to use that the best way I can. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And tell us about your independent label, uh, Killer Collective. Like, what, what's, uh, how, how'd you get that started? Um, it was actually me and uh, two of my business partners, Julian Broderick and mm-hmm. Solomon Mallow. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd all actually done internships together previously, mm-hmm. all for different things. Uh, one for business management, one for songwriting. Mm-hmm. I was doing like more engineering and mixing and mastering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd already had like my own studio. So, like, we pretty much finished up our internship and it was like we could either start looking for jobs mm-hmm. in the most competitive industry in the world. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, like we have a vision of what we want to do. What mm-hmm. if we just, you know, let's just try. Yeah, for sure. You know? So we, t- we took a shot with that. We started putting music out um, May 
May was the first release, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and now to date, there's over 250,000 streams on Spotify to the label. Mm-hmm. So it's been like, we're extremely happy with, you know, the first six months of being like a real, you know, as you should be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for real, man. But yeah, no, good for you, man. Good for you, man. Happy to hear all that. Thank you. Man. Now, what we're going to do around here at cool radio is we like to play games. Okay. We like to play games with the guests, you know, get them all comfortable and situated and what have you. Okay. So we got two games up. So the first one is entitled cool or uncool and it goes a little something like this there we go so in the background we are cooling out to the sounds of diggable planets from their 1995 single cool like that now in this game in particular i'm going to give you a bunch of random scenarios okay and you're going to let me know if they're cool or uncool and feel free to provide some context as to why they're cool or uncool so with that said K-V-N-E. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, man. Let's get it. So, in the first scenario of Cool or Uncool, uh, we are going to start with... Let's see here. Okay, this is a good one. Um, Fall of 2018 thus far. Cool or Uncool? Cool. Cool. Okay, all right. Um, Netflix, Cool or Uncool? Very cool. Okay. Is there a particular show that you have right now that you're you're binging on? Um, Honestly, yo, I'm I'm playing catch-up right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm playing catch-up. I didn't watch all of Big Mouth yet. Okay. Yeah, so (laughs) I'm like, yeah, the second season I'm in right now, and I'm like, I don't get a lot of time to watch TV. Right, right. Um, But yeah, very cool. I'll be honest. I've my friends have begged me to watch that. I've yet to watch it. Oh so man, you like, gotta do it. I know, I know. You gotta do it. Just like some of the jokes I've heard, I'm like, oh my god, it's, really? It's oh so, man. The first time it's a cartoon, I put it on my kids there. I'm like, no, 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 no. abort mission, abort yeah, mission. No. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, right now, like I just finished watching Daredevil season three, so like that's pretty much what I've gone to right now. So I'm trying to find like another show to watch, basically. Okay. Um, and nonetheless, let's keep it moving. Uh, someone else taking the last slice of pizza, cool or uncool? Did they ask first? That depends. Did they ask? You know what? Let's say yes, they did ask. Then that's cool. Okay, yeah, cool. That's- fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Fortnite, cool or uncool? Never played video games. I gotta say, uncool. You've never played video games. I like, I, it's just not something in my brain. Really? Like, yeah. You've never played like Super Mario or no, like that. Honestly, up to N sixty four. Really? N sixty four and like the first PlayStation, second PlayStation. Yeah. But anything after that, like it was all music. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. It's funny because like I had PS two. That was the last game console I had. So I didn't play video games as much after that because like my system broke down. So I'm like, okay, well, what do I do now? <laughs> but like once in a while, I play video games. If they go to the arcade or if one of my friends had like PS four on deck, whatever. But yeah, not nah, it's a beautiful thing, man. Like yeah. every now and again, it's a beautiful I thing. I have a PlayStation three. I just I haven't even like I don't even think I have a game for it. Really? Wow. Yeah. No. Just like, sitting I, there. I just don't I have no interest for it. Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um. Let's see here. Superhero movies. Cool or uncool? The coolest. Okay. Obsessed. What was the last superhero movie you saw? Uh, the last superhero movie I saw was probably Thor. Thor. Okay. Oh yeah, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Right? Okay. So wait, did you did you not see Infinity War yet? No. Ooh. Yeah. Have you seen any spoilers for that yet or no? Like honestly, you, you, like you kind of blocked it out I a little bit. On okay. Good. Good. Because yeah, that that movie might have you upset. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. It might have you upset. It might have. I got upset. Okay. I got upset. I oh, actually, Wolverine too. Yo, that was oh. so like, no. like like the like the Logan one. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Come that on, was now. that was solid. That was yeah. But still, the ending, man. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know what? Man. Now that he's not playing that character anymore, I know. It was a perfect curtain call. I mean, he's been playing that character for like seventeen years. Nobody literally. did it like that. I know, but like. 
That was a soul. That was a piece of our child. It was. It was. I remember when that first X movie came out in 2000. I was like sixth or seventh grade or something like that. Yep. And now I'm like, yo, like I'm old. Yeah. (laughs) When Wolf, like you know what I mean? When Wolverine. Even the trailer, the first trailer for that movie, I'm like, yo, I was already gonna see the movie. Well, I'm definitely gonna see this joint right here. Oh man, that was crazy. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Uh, oh, and we kind of already talked about this before we went on the air. Um, music streaming platforms, cool or uncool? Very cool. Okay. What's your favorite aspect about the music streaming system? Honestly, I, I just love how I love how available music is to everybody. Now, right. You know, because it gives more people like like when we were growing up, I felt like it was until you were like like thirteen or fourteen before you had your own taste in music. Yeah. Now you know, there's like nine, ten year olds who they know what they like exactly because they have it at their like their fingertips. You know what I mean? And right. I think. Like music is mo- one of the most important things in my life, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. So I'm very happy with you know right the accessibility. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> now we're on to our second game. This is my personal favorite game, actually. Okay. Uh, so this one is called "I'd Quit the Game." Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. Now, in every man and woman's life, um, you know, they gotta. You know, they like to do a whole lot of the, the single stuff. You know, they like to be the eligible bachelor and eligible bachelorette, so to speak. You know, so they're doing the, the wheeling, dealing, the kiss, stealing, the jet flying, the limousine ride, and all Gee. that good stuff. But there comes a point in time in everyone's life where they got to quit the game. So they got to settle down and move into the white home with the white picket fence, apple pie cool on the windowsill. The tire swing, Spud McKenzie looking dog. Man. It, all that. Is this in Disney? This, this, like. is, this is just like, this is everywhere. Jeez. This is anywhere. It could be anywhere, <laughs> especially in this alternate universe. Keyword, alternate universe. Yeah. So with that said, if you have the opportunity to quit the game for one of these two celebrities that I've handpicked for you, who would you quit the game for? Would you quit this guy sweating already? <laughs> I'm getting ready. All right. Would you quit the game for... You should have a buzzer. That all right. <laughs> would you quit the game for Jessica Biel? Or would you quit the game for Ariana Grande? Uh, Ariana Grande. Really? Okay, yeah. okay. Why, 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 why her? I don't know. I think it'd be cool to do a track together. Okay, okay. I mean, we could make music. Yeah, yeah. Mix all kinds of music, right? Yeah, yeah. Music. So some cotton candy in the studio, right? You said it, not me. <laughs> uh, say it with your chest, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nonetheless, <laughs> ladies and gents, we got my man KVND in studio. And speaking of cotton candy, we're about to get into that record right now. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. Ariel Grande, I hope you listen to this right now because this one's for you. And we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. And still, right now, we got my man KVNE in studio. Say what's up to the people. What up? Yeah, there we go. Once again, it's KVNE, not Kane. Look at you saying. <laughs> just saying. Just say no shots. No shots. I'm just saying. Gotta pronounce the name right, man. Gotta pronounce the name right. I, I, Whatever, pronounce the name right. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, <laughs> we're gonna go into trick talk right now. 
Yasmin's killing me right now, by the way. Shout out to Yasmin. <laughs> We're going to go into trip talk right now. <laughs> Three topics, you know, from, from the week that was. Um, and we're going to get into it just like this. So first topic on the deck, man. We got to talk about Kanye, okay? okay? So Kanye claims that he is now stepping away from politics because in a recent, I don't know if it was an interview or he said this on social media, but recently he came out and said that he's been used as a pawn. And it's just like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, we've been trying to tell you this. But anyways, so basically there is a movement out in America called Blexit. And it's a playoff of words on Brexit, which is the uh, which was the uh, which is Great Britain uh, b- backing out of the European Union. That which happened, I think, what, 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. But this is a play on words of that. It's basically a recruitment for black people to leave the Democratic Party in America, essentially, and to join the uh, the crew, not crew, but the contingency uh, and consortium of black Republicans in America, essentially. Okay. So one of the, I'm not going to say leaders, but I guess like figureheads of this is a correspondent by the name of Candace Owens, who kind of made her name her herself relevant this year um just being you know the typical patsy on fox news so that you know white republicans could be like see she's one of the good ones guys but anyways (laughs) i digress so essentially kanye was mad at the fact that his name was tied to the blexit movement and how he was not trying to celebrate that at all he was basically just trying to say that as a black person in america you don't have to be Democratic, you know, there's nothing wrong with being Republican, but then again, he'll turn around and do stuff like this. But anyways, again, more hypocrisies with Kanye West, whatever. So now, uh, Candace Owens puts out a statement saying that she can understand why Kanye would be upset that he thought his name was being used for this. But she also then goes on to say that Kanye was the the creative person behind a lot of the promo campaigns that they used, so like a lot of the t-shirts and the merchandises that they sold and the logos on it. So now it's like. Who's telling the real story now? So after reading the story, I'm just like, I mean, it does nothing for me personally because I've already canceled Kanye anyway. But now Kanye says that he wants to just focus on being creative. So that's the statement that he left off on. Um, So based on all this, uh, Kay, what's your take on this? I don't know. I mean, like, I'm all for Kanye getting creative. Yeah. You know, like he's, there's nobody in the world like Kanye West. Right. You know what I mean? Um. So I'm all all for him getting creative. As far as the politics stuff goes, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I like Kanye as a guy. So I like to hope that this is the way I try to think about it. I mean, right. mind you, this is the dad in me trying sure. to find the positive spin on everything. Sure, sure. He was looking for, you know, new opportunity. Yeah. You know, he had an opportunity. He started learning. Right. And, you know, like, he didn't like what he found out. So he, he left. Right. You know. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Um. Kanye is what late thirties now, maybe touching forty. I would say mm-hmm. um, his music at times has been politically charged. Um, so like he's had a lot of like social political, socio political statements with his music over the years, especially the early years and from the mid two thousands. I feel like it's imperative for a person like him who has that much more influence in the culture, especially influence within the community of people that it's important for him to do his research on these things because I feel like if you're just using this as a stepping stone to further increase your brand then it could fall back in so many it could fire back in so many ways and for him I feel like all these stunts that he's done over the years, the last few recent years especially, has just been for clout and for popularity and streams and sales and what have you and what he doesn't realize and I don't know if anyone on his team is telling him this but like 
he doesn't need to do all that. Like this guy is he became a living legend after his fourth album, let's be honest. Like yeah. he cemented himself in hip hop history and in music history in general. But for whatever reason, for whatever form of inadequacy he feels he still feels as though he has to go out and do things like marry a kardashian give his child an obscure name um put out a clothing line worth 700 dollars with that look like bullet holes that 50 cent probably wore in 03 like he just does so many things and he just do the absolute most extent that's not necessary and it, it really it cheapens his brand but yo, if you maybe, think about it maybe it's like a thing where he's like yo how long can i get away with this yeah i mean you never know it, it could be it, it could be and that's the sad thing if that's the case because i hate to use this term but i'm gonna use it anyway but he's a grown-ass man like yeah. he's a grown-ass no, man I, I agree so i don't know him saying like when like this whole thing started with him you know going into the oval office talking to trump or what have you and now this whole blexit thing that is being marketed and what have you my thing to him like him being all shocked and upset about oh i've been used as a pawn or whatever it's like what would you expect? <laughs> what, you thought like they were your besties and you guys were going to go right off in the eye plane together? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no. Like, these guys are using you. And they, I mean, right now in America, it's a midterm, uh, it's a midterm uh, moment right now because of the fact that they're in the midterms right now and a lot of states are electing uh, new uh, officials in, in office, like head governors and senates and what have you. And so you don't think for a second that they're going to use this as some form of leverage to gain more members of the community, especially within the black community, to, to go and join the Republican side because they know they can use you as leverage to pull those people over because they know that you're such an influential Absolutely. part of the culture. So I just feel like... he. At, at the age that he's at and what he's already talked about in his music and what have you, he's got to be smarter about these things. Like, it's hard for me to have sympathy for him because he's grown. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> say that I have sympathy. Right, right. I just, I, I, I just think maybe he's just going through some stuff and he was, you know, he felt like he needed to try something new and, and it was not the right choice. Right, it definitely was not the right choice. Because yeah, I'm yeah. sure, and I would hope that his fans, his honest fans, not just loyal, but honest fans, we take a, bit, a step back and say, no, nah, we're not rocking with you, man. Yeah. Sorry. But anyways, that's the other hero there. Ladies and gentlemen, watch at home later on or listening right now. What do you guys think? Was Kanye gullible for this? Like, did he have this coming? Either way, let me know what your thoughts are. Hit me up on all social media platforms at Cool Radio CC. Second topic we got to get into. We got to get into this Nicki Minaj versus Cardi B beef, okay? Now, this is probably like one of the most nonsensical beefs I've come across in a very long time because... It's, it's, this is, I call this the chatty patty feud, all right? Because all these women are doing are talking. They're not rapping at each other. They're not sending direct shots. A few subliminals from Nikki on a record at most. But other than that, there are no actual bars being spitted. And when we're talking about rap beef, that's what we live for in the culture when it comes to who can out rap the other. That's what, that's a big part of the culture. But, anyways, this latest chapter. And the Nikki Cardi feud comes by way of Nikki sending subliminal shots to her on social media, but then also sending direct shots to her on her radio show, uh, Queen Radio, I believe it's called. And basically talking about that moment where they got into the fight at the, I think it was the Met Gala or some sort of fancy ball where you don't really know what the whole concept of it is. They just go because it's of a rich bunch and, of famous people. Yeah, they just go out. because of rich and famous, but whatever. Yeah. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, but basically, 
you know, for those who need a refresher on that, a fight broke out between Cardi's camp and Nikki's camp, and basically Cardi got hit in the head by uh, by I think one of Nikki Minaj's bodyguards who goes by the name of Ra apparently, and that was the alleged story. But then it came out later that on the security footage that it was actually one of the security guards working the vent who I guess hit Cardi B in the head by accident potentially. So Nikki now went on the radio basically saying that it was in fact her bodyguard that did it, but then she didn't say anything originally because her bodyguard has like a criminal record or whatever. So we're just going to keep on the hush hush or whatever. But then Cardi went back and said, um, just basically called her a whack and you foul for that. I'm not going to spit a bar at you. Like if I got something to say to you, I'm going to say it to your face, et cetera, et cetera. And that's pretty much where the beef is at right now so far. So it's become more of a chatty patty contest right now. Um, so based on all that, uh, Kate, what's your take on this? I mean, like, I saw, like, Cardi's video. Yeah. Her little... Instagram videos, I think it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, like, like nine or ten. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and she, like, she just, like, listed off so many things. Like, man, like, I don't know. All I can think about is just, like, like who has the time? Yeah. Like, who has the time to, like, keep up with all of this? Right. And, like, like, read, like, I don't know, people, like... I don't know. I mean, like, I listen to their music. Yeah. You know, like, I mess with their music. Yeah. And, like, I'll support their music. But, like, this is just, like, yeah. It's like you said. It's just it's just all talk back and forth. Like, man, think about if, like, Big was still around right now. Like, right. Biggie and Tupac. Like, they were, that was real shots fired. Exactly. Man. You know, like, Jay-Z and Nas. That's L- what I'm talking about. LL Cannabis, you know. Like, I mean, even Ja Rule 50 said they had bars for each other, right? I yeah. mean, that kind of got a little violent here and there, but, you know, we don't want that. <laughs> but, like, my thing with this whole beef, or I don't even want to call it beef. Like, it's just petty high school, you know, teeny bopper drama or whatever. Is the fact that you guys are supposed to be... You may not be the best female rappers on in, in in the industry, but like at least the two most popular. Mm-hmm. You know, no one can deny that. Especially with Nikki, her saying she's an MC, she's an MC. She'll body and body anyone on a track, but she's yet to do that when it comes to a beef scenario. Like case in point, the issue, the uh, the feud that she had with Remy Ma a couple years ago. Right. Like Remy ate her shit up. Like yeah. I wish she had done it on an original record instead of using the Ether instrumental. But still. Flamed her, bodied her, roasted her, body bag, toe tag, see you next lifetime. Yeah. But then Nikki came back with like a weak ass response or whatever. He's like, oh, we don't make diss songs. We make clubs. Like, Shut up. Like, you got roasted. Like, just take the loss and keep it moving. Yeah, I and I feel like in this scenario, it's like we're still getting the same thing again. And now Cardi, like, I'm, I don't really listen to much Cardi. I've only heard a couple songs from her here and there. And I take it that she's not the not the lyrical type where she'll like use like play on words double entendre so she's probably not equipped to battle somebody like that's like expecting nelly to be in a rap beef with kendrick lamar like it's not gonna happen because nelly's not that kind of rapper you know what i mean so i guess you can equate that with cardi but at the same time like if you're getting flamed on a record and then at the same time on some of your songs you have very aggressive bars as well like manifest that into a, a rap diss track and then actually make money off of it at the very least. If you want to talk about the the, the, the capitalist capital capitalist capital sorry capitalistic aspect of that, pardon me. Yes, we all flub on the air. Whatever, don't judge me. Um, if we're all if we're thinking about the think about that aspect, you know, then why not you know create an opportunity out of that? I mean, she already created an opportunity out of herself by being on Love and Hip Hop to get her exposure and notoriety. Why not use this to your advantage? Like create a diss song. That'll get streams. Like, make it your own original beat. 
you're a club rapper for the most part. So kind of go back to the drawing board like what Drake did on Back to Back and make it catchy. Make something that we can bop to, but at the same time, we know it's a diss to so-and-so. And just profit off of it. Yeah. But no, they're going to be like, oh, she said this. Like, I hate that bitch. And I got it. And I got it. Like, what was she wearing the other day? And I got it. Like, shut up. Like, I don't want to hear petty high school squabbing. I want to hear bars. Give me bars. Nikki, you say you're an MC, but you haven't done nothing. Cardi, the same love in hip hop. It can't be squaring up on bitches. Like, I'm sorry. Like, we want bars. That's it. That's it. That's it. Let's <laughs> want bars. Shoot. Kill shot hit hard. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a, well, that was um MGK, right? Yeah, yeah. Eminem. Yeah. Oh no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. That was Eminem. The yeah. the one from MGK. What was that one I again? That was weak. You know what? You know what? I've I've had discussions about this. I <laughs> yo, shout out to Yaz. It's like what? <laughs> no, I've had discussions about this. I'll say this. So MGK, I don't listen to him much. I've heard a few songs here and there from him. I'll say this though. I was actually impressed with how he came at M. I'm not saying he bodied M. But he, he gave him like a little nicks on the chin here and there. He got a little bruise here and there. I, I was like, I, I, I was like, I'm like a big fan of MGK. I've actually been following him right like, since like 2008 when he like first kind of dropped. Right? Okay, okay. Um, with Chip off the block. Yeah. And like, I actually don't really like Eminem's music, but like, right. Just like as far as like taking both the tracks in. Yeah. I feel like MGK was kind of like like beating around the bush as opposed to like Eminem was like very direct. You know what? I that's funny because I don't think. MGK was beating around boys. Like, he was saying some stuff that I wasn't really aware of. I'm like, oh, we're spilling tea now. I tell don't know. tell I don't me how you really feel. I want to know more. I don't know, man. It's still like, like talking about the guy's beard at the end of the day. I'm well, like, well, that was like the first bar. Like, it was, it was funny. It was in the course, bro. It was <laughs> funny, though. Like, know, Eminem does look weird with that beard. Like, I love Eminem, but he does look kind of weird with that beard. I guess. I mean, it's just. It's funny. <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like a classic bar or whatever, but I was yeah. like, it's kind of funny. Like, I don't he, know. If you, like, take in, like, his, like, machine and Kelly's actual music though, like he's he's just, I think he's capable of doing something a lot better. Sure, sure. Yeah. But I just love the fact that because it's hip hop, he chose that route to, mm -hmm. to address him. So I respect that. Yeah. And then with Eminem, Eminem's approach was he responded to the disses that MGK said, but he was more in tune with flipping the words and doing his usual Eminem stick, which is to flip the words, create these different paradoxes of, of, of rhyming patterns, or whatever. So that's where Eminem strengths came in, whereas with MGK. He was more addressing the issue that he had with M. So I think from that standpoint, I think that's why some people gravitate towards that track. Mm -hmm. And then maybe the diehard Eminem fans were like, yo, he bodied him. But I don't think Eminem bodied him. I don't think he did. I, I think that wasn't more of a kill shot. I don't think that was a kill shot. A kill shot would have been, you know, that Hail Mary freestyle that he did to Ja Rule back in 03. That was a kill shot in okay. my opinion. Right. With Eminem, that was more like, it's more like a flesh wound. Like, he, like, MGK was trying to run. He kind of shot him in the calf, whatever. Leaking out a little bit of blood. Got him a little bit, but he's still standing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he got past him, whatever. He good to go. Like, he didn't give him that, that kill shot. You know what I mean? Like, the biggest line he said in that record wasn't even about MGK. It was that line he said about Diddy and having him. Ha and he said something about him having something to do with the killing of, yeah. of uh, Pac or whatever. Yeah. Like, it was like, a, like, it wasn't a serious line, of course. But, like, when he said that, I was like, oh, shit. And then he's like, yo, yo, did I'm just kidding, man. You know I love you, whatever. I just think at the end of the day is like those like these these beef tracks. It's like yeah. it's all about the entertainment aspect. Like, oh yeah. I was a lot more entertained with Eminem's right, right. than MGK's. I, I I agree with Eminem when he said, like, yo, you just want an excuse to shoot a music video. Like Well, you know what? Like, I mean, but I think MGK took the, the smart approach though. Like he wanted to capitalize off of the shot that Eminem sent to him on that Kamikaze record. Right. Because I think um I can't remember 
what line he said. I think he said he addressed a line that Kelly said about him in a previous song that Kelly did or a freestyle or whatever. Right. So then that's when he took the opportunity. Because I think on Comic Cards, I didn't listen to that album yet, but apparently he took shots at everybody. He took his shots at Joe Budden, like a whole Most bunch of people. Did. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, okay, I'm going to take a shot at MGK because I feel like it. And MGK was like, okay, cool. I'm going to capitalize off of that. If Cardi B had at least done that, yeah. I would have given her full credit. Whether the song was good or not, I would be like, okay, at least capitalize off of it. And regardless of the song is good or not, people are going to stream it anyway. Exactly. So I just wish Cardi would have taken that approach instead of being you know, the, the hood rat from Queens or, whatever, or Bronx or whatever from Love and Hip Hop. And it's just like, come on. like You're not loving This isn't VH1 anymore. Like <laughs> You actually made it out of that cesspool of a television show. Like Don't squander your opportunities. Otherwise, you're going to be back on season 25 or whatever they're doing. That's a terrible show, by the way. <laughs> I hate that show. I've seen it like three times. I'm like, yo, why do people watch this? This is garbage <laughs> but anyways that's near here or there um ladies and gentlemen what do you guys think whether you're listening at home or you're gonna be watching this later on youtube do you feel that there should be an actual war of words on wax between these two titans in the in the rap industry either way let me know what your thoughts are uh hit me up on all social media platforms at cool radio cc and the final topic we gotta get into man we got to get into F-Boy number one, man. And I'm talking about MGK. Or no, sorry, not MGK. Sorry. Um, we're talking about Takashi 69 all right? The, the man who looked like who lost a fight with a pack of Skittles. This guy, uh, we're, we're talking about him because he got involved in an altercation. I don't know where exactly. Uh, he got involved in an altercation on the same day that he was in the courtroom in which he got granted three years of probation for a previous crime that he did, which would have made him eligible for jail time, but instead the judge gave him leniency and just gave him a three-year probation sentence. And here he is already messing up the terms and conditions of probation. Now, I don't know exactly what those terms are, but using common sense, one would think with deductive reasoning that committing an assault or being around anyone who is committing an assault would be violation of such terms of said probation that you were just granted a few hours ago prior to this incident. My question to you, Mr. K-V-N-E, is why is he doing this to himself? Jeez, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, sometimes I think, like, Takashi might be, like, he might either be, like, a marketing genius. Right. Or he might just be, like, lost in the sauce. Right. You know, like, it's not my place. To, I don't know the guy personally. Right. I mean, like, I see what everybody else sees. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, like, I don't know, man. Like, even those charges were enough for me, me to be like, geez. Yeah. You know what? Like, I'll say this, man. Like, I don't think he's a marketing genius at all. I think he likes to play off of that because of the fact that he's getting so much likes and stuff like that on Instagram and all that stuff. But, like, all that stuff is for show. You know what I mean? Like, social media can be smoke and mirrors at times. And just because you're hot today doesn't mean you're going to be hot tomorrow. And I get it. You want to stay relevant. But as a recording artist, the way you stay relevant is through your music, not through your antics man, outside what, what of the music. Is he 10 for 10 now? As far 10, as what? Cause 10, for 10, 10 for 10 plaques. Like every every single he's dropped, he's gone platinum. Really? It's. I mean, I get it. It's probably that's, because... It's, that's a, I mean, like, he's using this stuff to his advantage. But I mean, like, at right. the end of the day, it's like... But, yeah, and, like, at the end of the day, it's like you're getting the plaques now, but... When is that going to end? Because at, at, one, at any point in time, people are going to get bored. Yeah. They're going to move on to the next thing. I mean, even this year, 
he has robbed himself of money-making opportunities because of his criminal record, of his criminal Absolutely. past, of his current antics. I mean, he couldn't even perform at Hot 97 Summer Jam, which is arguably the biggest hip-hop showcase in New York City. Yeah. And he's from New York City. And he wasn't even allowed to perform at that event. Like, there's an event that he... there's a uh, I think there's an event that he's supposed to perform in Europe, but they canceled the, the performance because of all the dumb stuff that he's doing right now. So it's like, this is already happening, and... Does he even have an album out? I think he did. Yeah, Day Sixty Nine. I think it was called. And okay, he dropped the album. But like, I, I mean, I see exactly what you're saying. Man. Yeah, like, I mean, like this stuff is gonna get old and old really I think quick. That's why he's trying to drop. Like he dropped a Spanish track, and you know, like he's trying to do more pop stuff too, and like everything he's trying to. I think that's what he's trying to do. But at the end of the day, like, like we talked about earlier before the interview about yeah. like how now artists need to be a brand. Yeah, I mean like. Your brand is associating with those kinds of charges. Yeah. And, like, the day you get off probation, you're getting shot at. Exactly. I mean, like, is that a brand you want to back? Right. You know what I mean? And like, no one wants term, to be associated with that brand either. Long term speaking, you know. But, I mean, like, at the end of the day, like I said, I don't know the guy. Right. You know? And, you know, he doesn't know the consequences of his actions. Like, he's not going to know until something serious happens to him. And, unfortunately, that's when he's going to realize that something like that could happen. You look at... Triple X Tentacion and basically like all the antics that he got into, which potentially led up to his untimely demise, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Something like that could happen to to Takashi. And knock on wood, I'm not trying to wish death on anyone, but I'm kind of shocked that nothing like that has happened to him yet. Didn't he get napped? He got like he got picked up the one. Yeah, day, I mean, and they stood, but that, even, even that, that yo, like I don't know if even that's, that's real. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, to me, that sounded like some WWE stuff right there. Like that right? sounded and then super he staged. Off the top turnbuckle with the yeah, chair. exactly, you know exactly. I mean? like, it was me, Austin. It was me yeah. all along. <laughs> like, Austin showed up for real. You hear like the, the glass shatter. Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Bongo, Bongo. That's God's my witness. Oh. But like, yeah, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. He's just, he's. Like, I'm gonna be honest, man. I try not to get caught up, too caught up in all that stuff. I try not to as well, but like, unfortunately, because of the position I'm in, exactly, it's, it's my duty as the media to yeah. report this and what have you. But either way, man, he needs to get his act together, straight up. Like that's the best way I can put it. <laughs> but nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, what do you guys think about Mr. Takashi Six Nine, the man who lost a fight with a pack of Skittles? Um, do you believe that he should get his act together? Either way, let me know. Hit me up on social media on all platforms at Cool Radio CC to share your thoughts. And now we've reached the end of the show. And you know that crown jewel, the end of the show that happens. Um, I'm not going to keep you guys waiting. We're going to get into this right now. So that being said, <clears throat> who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to a young black woman who goes by the name of Treasure, okay? Now, usually I give it to celebrities and what have you, but this time I couldn't pass up on it. Now, I actually wanted to discuss this last week, but unfortunately I was not able to attend the studio last week. But we're going to follow up on it this week because there is uh, an update, a development to the story, if you will. Now, basically what I'm talking about is a young black girl who was featured on the Dr. Phil show. And mind you, a young black woman, probably just as dark as me, who claimed that she was unequivocally oh and undeniably God. 100% white. I yes. And I kept thinking to myself, man, Uncle Ruckus would be so proud right now. Man, Clayton Bixby would be so proud. Like, 
Anyways, so she went off talking about how she's white, 100% white. She doesn't associate with black people because black people are ghetto and how they're unprofessional and how her hair is so straight, but really she just uses straightening iron and how she has a perfect body like Kim Kardashian and how she doesn't have big ears like other black people do and, and all these things. And she was just saying and all and talking about how black people aren't intelligent and so much, so much stuff she's spewing out. So me, my initial reaction was to say, where are the parents? Where is her mom? Her mom was on the show and basically she said to her daughter when she was young that her white stepfather was actually their biological father because their actual biological father, I'm not sure what happened to him, if they got a divorce or whatever, but I'm assuming she wasn't in, in that child's life at the time. So when she remarried to a, to a white gentleman, then she lied to her to kind of make her feel better about her upbringing or something to that extent. So I'm like, what the hell? You, oh my God. Like, I, like there are so many things I wanted to say. And I'm just like, I'm not, like, I'm almost not surprised because there's stuff that happens within the black community that stigmatizes people of a darker pigment, of course, to make them feel less desirable and less beautiful and all that stuff. So that's what my initial thinking was. But then, days later, there were some uh, developments, if you will. So the elder sister of Treasure went on social media to say that that whole entire segment was fake. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. It was fake. It was staged, not by Dr. Phil, but by Treasure and her mom. And they basically lied about the story just so they can take a free trip to California to come on the show so that she can become an internet meme. Because she saw the success, well, I don't want to say success, but the popularity that the Cash Me Outside girl got from being on the Dr. Phil show acting ignorant. So she decided to flip it and pull off this stunt. Hold <sighs> on. Let's 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 let me break it down like this. When you have to succumb to such lows to garner notoriety, infamy, popularity, clicks, likes, whatever you want to call it, the shame that comes out of it sometimes is irreparable. All right. You look at the woman, what's her name? Rachel Dolezal, the white woman who thought she was black. I mean, still to this day. She's living with that shame because she was basically walking around in blackface, all right? And then you have this little girl acting like she has some sort of syndrome where she believes that she's white, when in actuality she isn't. And even though it was all a ploy and what have you, to actually have the lack of shame, the audacity, the gumption, the unmitigated gull to pull off a stunt like that, Especially when you consider the, the fact that we're in this type of racial climate within North America right now, with Trump being in office and encouraging his form of bigotry and what have you. It's sad. And what's even more sad about it is that you got Dr. Phil profiting off of this. And mind you, I'm not really a Dr. Phil fan anyway, because I feel like he exploits all these ignorant people. He's no different from Morpovich and all that stuff. But nonetheless, to actually go on stage and to say all these things that affect black people and people of color on a regular basis because of white male patriarchy and you know the the effects of racism colonialism all the things in between it's just sad it's super sad so shout out to this girl you know the sister of treasure or dirt as i'm gonna call her now because she's looking more like dirt than treasure um shout out to her for exposing the truth and to treasure 
you are filth. And to your mother, you're just a humping pile piece of shit right now. Mama Dirt. Mama Dirt, exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. So because of that, and you know what? Let's throw in Dr. Phil as well. You you an asshole too. You're all getting this wankster of the week. Do you deserve the wankster of the week? Of course you do. And I'm going to drop it one more time just like this. Okay, what's your take on this, man? I don't know, man. That's all sorts of messed up. I just, I like, I don't even like. It's are you like? Are they playing on mental health? Like, are they trying to make a joke out of that? Are they trying to make a, a joke out of like, like race? I mean, like, it, none of it is like really appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And even just to like, I don't know, for you to make the association about like the different like. Uh, a darker sp- uh, skin pigment. Yeah. You know, being less beautiful. Like, we're all beautiful, man. Of course, of course. You know? 100%. And, like, I don't know. It's just, that's just, it's all for Bad Baby. It's like yeah. that girl, Danielle Brigoli, whatever yeah. her name is. Yeah, like, Ravioli, whatever that yeah, shit is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, for the longest time, I didn't even know what her name was. I just called her the Cashew yeah, Outside. Yeah, I, like, I didn't even know what Cashew Outside was. I, mean, I know, but I'm like, where's the longevity to that yeah. career? Like, where's the longevity to this? It's not, there isn't. Exactly. And then she got a record deal out of that. But Atlantic Records is a shady-ass record label to begin with anyway. But, yeah, man, it's it's sad, man. Like, these are the negative effects of the internet and of social media, basically. Like, social media can be a beautiful thing. But it can also be a super ugly thing as well. And, like, we're, we're seeing this firsthand. Like, I saw it. I'm not even in America. You know what yeah. I mean? So, hopefully, these people can get their shit together, man. But, nonetheless, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, okay, I want to thank you for coming on, man. Thanks for having um, me, man. Yeah, you're, you are more than welcome to come through anytime. Uh, you are now a member of the Cool Radio family, so you already know what it is. Thank you. Um, do you have a do you have a project coming out uh, anytime soon or a new single coming out as well? Oh, uh, I got some new stuff coming. Okay, okay. Uh, I don't want to give too too much away. That's okay. But, uh, That's okay. You can you know you can follow me on Instagram yep, at yep. kvne underscore official. Yeah. Um, kvne on Facebook mm-hmm. and uh, the website's kvne.club. All right, that's what's up, man. Uh, once again, thank you for coming through. And you guys already know when it comes to me, man. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter, on SoundCloud, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and I forget. I forget what, we, what am I forgetting? Whatever. You can find me on social media in general at Cool Radio CC. So make sure you get those, those plugins ready. All right. And as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace.